everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. RJ, two times in the same week. We must be doing something right. Yes. Um, a crazy, crazy week, I must say. Uh, for, for many like I was I was in advance I was thinking about you know how would I describe this week and uh, I think the the word that describes it best is mixed because yeah. yeah. obviously I was gutted for um, well for the health of your child but generally the, the fact that you could make it out and um, it, it made me realize too that what I think um makes working with you enjoyable is that we really feed off each other but also are very different personalities and one thing that definitely <laughs> came forward for me is that I'm just not a natural interviewer and approach strangers to just start chatting uh, where you know that's, I would I would guess that that's something that suits you a little better well, to it's say my the least. job it's just a walk into a room and talk to somebody for 15 minutes and then go walk and talk to somebody else for 15 minutes so, yeah, yeah yeah so uh but yeah it's i mean i'm not gonna apologize throughout the the episode but yeah it did feel awkward to be there without you because we'd been talking about it for so long and, and planning it for so long and and uh, i was just really looking forward to not only finally meet you in person but also just <laughs> to, to do that together and even you know drive back and <laughs> chat about it more and that kind of thing and yeah spo- spoiler alert everybody we haven't actually spent any time together in person we've always been uh what, <laughs> what three thousand miles apart <laughs> yeah i think you still think that i'm seven feet tall right i think you are yeah, <laughs> yeah you're one of the, the gigantic dutchmen but yeah it, it was yeah it was just i honestly had so many moments where i was like oh man it would be cool if jordan was here or yeah you know and and oh we could have done a live recording on the drive back and all that stuff but um, and you know to be honest and, we probably would have you know and oh yeah no but it, yeah. yeah i mean health it, it, there's no discussion about that like yeah it, it, it yeah, is what just, it is but it's just um, a major bummer yeah yeah and but, look he's uh, fine he's running around and being a well, crazy that's man, so. the most important thing. yeah exactly but, uh, yeah but so um when i'm super excited about stuff when i'm telling about it yeah i'll, I'll just have one big mental apology to you for being so excited <laughs> and feeling bad for well, you not being there but uh, nah, you should be excited because we're going to do well, it again well, next year and uh, there you yeah. go yeah, and I think- as uh, one of our guests that we'll talk about in a, in a little bit reminded me that there's not only a World Cup biathlon next year, but there's also a World Cup cross-country skiing oh. in Camar next year. Oh, I didn't now, know I that. I don't know what the timing is of it, but yeah. um, that you were alluding in our previous episode that uh, World Cup, or well, I guess World Championship cross-country skiing had amazing crowds. So yeah. um, I would expect them at least to be a bit bigger than uh, the IBU Cup in biathlon because as much as I loved yeah. it and uh, the volunteers were awesome and the people that were there were awesome. I mean, you, you know, you think of Oberhof and you can't compare that. I get that, but you know, 50 people maybe on the, on the weekends at the biathlon, maybe you're if you're up. very generous, a hundred, but saving up, they're all coming next year. Be yeah. prepared. You're going to be flooded with Norwegians and Germans and the French are coming. I, I can think of at least one who will probably be there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, biathlon stats wherever you are. That's that's you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah. So I think uh, I think next year will be fun. I texted you earlier today. 
uh with today or yesterday i said we're 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 doubling up next year we're doing soldier hollow we're doing uh canmore we're, we're going back to back we're going crazy yeah and that's all in preparation for our uh mm-hmm. uh six year six month sabbatical the next year to yes. go to europe travel all the world cups right yep exactly we're gonna we're gonna start in november we're gonna stay there all the way through uh through the end so <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be great um but yeah it was it was just really cool to just be there and i don't know like i've obviously never been in a world cup but i felt that uh like jordan was smart enough again in preparation to actually ask for um accreditation press accreditation which <laughs> i never would have even thought of because i have been to i'm pretty sure it was an ibu cup as well which is probably like 12 or 15 years ago whenever it was and from what I remember there, everybody was, was kind of just walking around. As long as you stayed off the track, it was all good. And um, this this whole event was a well-oiled machine. And I'm not I'm not saying that lightly, but holy, there was like, you know, um, mostly German, Austrian, maybe Czech-speaking IBU people walking around with big jury and judge and... Mm-hmm. fancy names on their armbands and um, everything was like like I'm sure you could have found your way around it if you snuck by and, and dove under a container and just waited for the right moment but it was pretty hard to get to the athletes mm-hmm. without having the, the cart like they were pretty strict on you needed to show the cards and needed to have the right numbers and I didn't even know there were so many numbers on that cart that I didn't even know what I was showing, but <laughs> hold it up. At then. some point, they said, "Yeah, go ahead." So I was like, "Okay, I guess." And it was like I said, I've never done that. I've never been part of a press or anything. So, so I really felt like, okay, I'll just go to sort of the next step where I'm closer to the athletes, and I'll see if that's okay. And nobody said anything, so I would just, <laughs> you know, maybe I can just go stand right in between them after they're finished. And everybody was seemed totally okay with that. And then all of a sudden, I was in the finish area, standing like next to philip horn <laughs> and then i was thinking of what would have what would jordan have done and he would just probably already be chatting with this guy so <laughs> i'm like uh oh, i should probably start saying something but philip can i ask you a question for my podcast yes for sure penalty loop podcast what is it like to race in camor <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's my first time on another continent yeah i was really looking forward to the trip here and so far it's been it's been great it's been cold but but also very beautiful and i enjoy every day yeah and i just saw on the scoreboard it's only minus 1.3 celsius but it feels a lot colder hey yeah Yeah. it it feels like it feels like 10 degrees plus now because of last (laughs) year but it's nice to experience every every part of it but having a good time yeah yeah it's nice to have you over here so and uh anything that particularly stands out uh, it's it's just everything. It's a beautiful scenery, the friendly people all over all over the city. It's uh, everywhere you go, every everybody is totally friendly. I really enjoy. Yeah, and it's it's just fun to be here and race and have fun in Biathlon. Thank it's you very cool. much. Yeah, feel good. Thank you. Okay. I don't know if the World Cup is a bit more. I don't want to say official because that would uh, almost be disrespectful to to how professional it all was. 
Um, but maybe there's a bit more leeway because it's IBU Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I, I don't think that there's like bodyguards walking around at the World Cup either. But uh, yeah, it might be cool. a bit just you know they're bigger stadiums and stuff, so there might be yeah. a bit more uh, space around them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that first day when you're just you know you're walking around and like I said, after a while you know where you're allowed to go and you're standing like I could basically touch Philip Fjeld Anderson. <laughs> like I, I could slap him on the back, say "good job," or, you know, stuff like that. Slap, slap a slap a penalty loop podcast sticker on his back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would <laughs> see, be so if, funny. see if anybody notices. <laughs> yeah, hey, good job. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a good way to get kicked out. <laughs> so that was that was really special, just to yeah. you know, and then see them shoot on the range that I you know pretend to be a biathlete on every monday night and um <laughs> shooting at the same targets i know it you know for somebody my age it sounds a bit like oh my god it's like the child is reborn but it really felt felt like yeah. you know kind of a dream come true in a, in a in a way like um always thinking it would be awesome to be in an event like that and then to be there and well, even just go ahead like i would say especially guys like philip field anderson and and <clears throat> hey, you know, Philip Horn and a, a handful of the other, you know, athletes that, that you saw, like these are guys that we see on a fairly regular basis on the world totally. cup. Right. And they're just like, Oh yeah. You know, I just saw you do such and such, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just crazy. Yeah. And, um, uh, Lucas Fratcher, Fratcher was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he's the one that did well in the European open, but yes. then yeah. missed the world championships because, uh, they chose Naroth. Mm-hmm to go for him instead and um yeah it, it's just like i said um i'm just not i'm not comfortable just approaching strangers and then so my first day i was there they had the sprint at emilien claude mm-hmm. or claude, claude mm-hmm. uh he won and of course we just did the interview with anna gantler who's the girlfriend <laughs> of him so i'm like i i got and we i think we even joked about we did. You know, if I see him, I'll say hi or something yeah. like that. So I'm like, oh, I got to talk to him, right? And then, uh, so I was just approaching him and he's like, wait. And I was like, oh, I, I guess we're recording now. And then I was like, my head was so full of things that I wanted to ask that at first he wasn't sure who I was talking about. And and he's like, Anna? Anna? Who's Anna? Who? who? <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, it your girlfriend. Their whole Anna. relationship has been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just, and I and I felt awkward. But then, you know, we just started kind of chuckling about it, and then, you know, I asked a couple of questions that will, uh, I'll I'll put an interview in later on. It was just, yeah, just weird to be there and and chat with these guys. And I would say ninety percent of them were super approachable, super friendly. Um, you know, I, I would say most of the Europeans weren't. Hey, oh, there's Penalty Loop Podcast. I listen to you every week. I mean, that was definitely not the case. Um, but I think they, as soon as I said that it was a a biathlon podcast, they were happy to share. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if they, you know, didn't know about it and they probably never listened to it, but it's still, you know, they recognize that, oh, there's somebody who likes biathlon. So we'll, yeah. Um, and, I, and I share it with Jordan too that, you know, I, I, of all the athletes, the, the Anderson brothers, like the, the people we see on the world cup, they seemed a bit more distant, distanced. Um, and I, and I think Norwegians are typically a bit more, uh, they like to keep their distance, 
maybe a bit more stoic, but, um, so I, I did not approach them, uh, directly, but then I see Philip Fjeld Anderson after a race and there's these two kids, probably my, my, my kids his age and asking for an autograph. And he's actually just, you know, bending down a little bit. So he's not like staring down on them and yeah. signing autographs and asking if they want to go in a picture with him and stuff. So, you know, I, I'm sure in the end they're, they're super nice. It's just, you know, maybe for them it's a bit different because they want to be on the world cup and, yeah. mm-hmm. um, even though it seemed like they like Cam more, it's maybe not just quite where they want it to be. But um, overall, like fantastic events. I was lucky enough. I drove out on the Saturday for the sprints, and then I was going to drive out on the Tuesday for the Mass Start Sixties because I'd never really seen that. Um, but and and talk about mix so. I drive out, it's like this massive snowstorm, I could barely see, you know, the roads 100 meters away from me, so I, I drove for five minutes or so, and I was like, okay, this is just crazy, this is not worth it, so I turn around, and then I, you know, come to my office, turn the stream on, and it's like gorgeous, it's like sunny, sunny, there's not a cloud in the sky, it's, so, and I know that that's typical mountain weather, but... um it's like, oh, darn. But then, yeah, I looked at the road conditions and they were actually pretty bad for the first hour. So I was happy that I didn't go. But um, that the Mass Start 60 is extremely confusing. I, I had heard about the concept of, okay, it's basically two groups. They all start the same. And then one group shoots and the other group takes another lap. And then at the finish, the first group takes the extra lap. So I knew kind of how it worked, but I could not follow it at all. Like it was confusing because then you saw somebody shoot and then they're in the lead and then somebody else comes in two minutes later and they shoot and they're in the lead. And it was just really confusing. And I was actually saying earlier, like it would have been really nice if they had different colored bibs, the two different groups. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. I just didn't notice it, but um, I think that would help me a little bit. But um, I did find it crazy exciting to watch. It was, uh, it was bananas. So uh, yeah, we, we were watching that at the same time. I was saying, yeah. I watching and hope. I think I texted. Was like, I feel like an idiot. I feel like somebody who has never watched a biathlon race in his life. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know who's winning. I, I don't know what's happening. It was very exciting, but I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, um, I. That was the thing I was most. If there was one race I was most excited about seeing, it was seeing the Mass Sixty in person. Because I thought, I think probably in person, it's a, a maybe a little bit. Uh, it might even be more confusing in person because you don't. I know it's even harder to follow. But um, I just wanted to see what it looks like because I think we talked to a handful of athletes over the summer and they talked about uh, the potential of a mass sixty, you know, and just they kind of a little bit intrigued by it. But um, I, my first time watching it, and it might take two or three more times watching it before I really get the uh, get the handle on it. Yeah, and I must say, if there was anything that I would complain in air quotes about is that the way they set up is that um so just outside of the range there's obviously the boarding off so you can't get onto the track but then a little bit like 30 meters away from it there's a bit of a a rise that you can stand on so you can kind of see the range and the approach and uh so they had this massive scoreboard but it was angled in a way that from there you could see everything at once. But most people were actually standing right by the by the track as far as they could 
go and yeah. close to the range. But from there, you couldn't see the scoreboard. So it was really, really hard yeah. to to see what was going on. And only the last race that I saw on the Friday, I found a spot close to the finish line where if I looked kind of past uh, the coaches, I could see lanes one to five or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I could see the actual targets going down. So I could... Um, kind of get an idea of what was happening and you could see who was going in a penalty loop and stuff so um the app was helpful but it was a bit of a delay um yeah yeah other than that like it's like if you want to really know what's going on in the race i would still watch the stream but yeah. um just to you know i did some some uh, recordings on the side of the track and just to hear them huff and puff and the coaches scream and um just yeah, the, the the sounds of the race was was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's I I'm so looking forward to uh, to to do this again next year with you and and. Uh, and enjoy um, did, it together. Did they have Wi-Fi on site for anybody? Uh, for for oh, press? I I don't know if it was Wi-Fi, but my I had normal phone reception. So okay, oh, I was just uh, thinking because if they had Wi-Fi, just bring like an iPad out and hmm. for next year have the stream going, so we have an idea of who's where. I'm thinking like for just yeah, like yeah, I just that would be interesting. Just thinking out loud. Yeah, I don't know because I I know I've watched uh, some video there just on the the, yeah, the so phone network and that'd be fine yeah yeah um so yeah I, so i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt okay. you 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 really you dropped the ball here uh you're you're not giving our listeners um you know uh the the full picture so you you spoke with emilia and claude emilia can i just ask you a couple of questions we yeah. just talked to anna on wednesday what's your uh, your feeling about canmore to who to anna ah to my girlfriend yeah, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry i thought it was anna oh i'm sorry okay no 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 problem obviously you're happy because you just won but what's ah, yeah. your what's your experience here in canmore yeah, it's, it's uh, amazing here but we yesterday i felt uh, willy not sad, but uh, you know, uh, far away from my home, from my family, from yeah, my yeah. girlfriend. And yesterday it was really a shit day, uh, terrible. But today, uh, I think I had really long teeth, mm-hmm. and I wanted to to finally find my Bethlehem again. Yeah, I'm yeah. really happy about it. My, my family and they are all uh, they are all uh, working hard for me and giving me uh, good advices so happy that you're back, finally back I'm, I'm back on track and now i will ha- i will try to finish the season nice. like hell and yeah. be on the world cup next year or yeah even this i year? hope so yeah. yeah and i hope to be also in holman colon and have great mm-hmm. results there I, I really love this place yesterday uh yesterday last last year i went there and, and it was uh my best result in world cup so right yeah Better so, yeah. than, is it better but, than but Canmore? For, yeah, sorry? Is it better than Canmore? It's uh, hot, uh, warmer. Warmer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. You're, you're, you're welcome. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Very good. But that's not all you did. 
No. So um, pretty sure Emilien was the first guy I talked to. Yeah. And then it was really funny because I, I mentioned earlier that I kind of felt like a kid in a toy store. Yeah. Um, so then, so the first day, the Saturday, my wife and kids were with me as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, you know, we hung around. I think they went into uh, Camor for a couple of hours and then we met up and started to drive home and the weather was shitty. Like it was, it was cold and it was uh, snowing, but you know, sideways snow because it was just blowing right in your face. And then, so when I came out of the lodge, um, I saw some athletes that I, you know, I didn't know who they were and a couple people in the blue suits, which were basically volunteers and mm-hmm. the uh, officials from the IBU. And then I was like, oh, I should, you know, drive by and see if anybody wants a ride because pretty much all the athletes were taking like shuttle buses mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they were coming regularly, but, you know, sometimes they just get stuck yeah. or takes mm-hmm. longer than expected or so they were standing there quite a bit but then it's like well i got two kids and my wife and i'm not sure if she wants a couple of sweaty athletes in there so <laughs> so i was like okay well maybe another time and then my wife is actually looking at those guys and she's like oh do you think we should give a, at least a couple of them a ride i'm sure we can squeeze a couple in <laughs> so then uh, we stop at the blue suits and then uh they're like no we're good but hang on so there was a couple of athletes that were more close to the lodge and uh they're like yeah wait there's there's two guys can you take two guys and we're like oh sure so then <laughs> emilia uh claude and i want to make sure I, I say his name correctly andreas hechenberger from austria mm-hmm. they show up and you know and so i pop the the hatch and take their luggage and stuff and then I'm like yeah, I'll take your rifles and they're like no 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 <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, athletes yeah, yeah. don't leave their rifle which of course I should have thought of but anyway so they squeeze in there and then uh, we, you know we're just chatting back and forth and talking a little bit about the interview and where they're at and that kind of thing but uh, just super laid back and you know you're, it just makes you realize they're just you know kids or young men that are just yeah. doing the sport they love and we dropped we dropped them off and took the selfie that maybe you've seen on uh, on social awesome media picture. and yeah it was just fantastic it. yeah it was it was really cool so I, uh, I was already jealous and then I saw that picture and I was just like Ugh. but what are the like it's just jealousy. so funny right the odds of there was oh, like probably at that time 15 20 people waiting and then the two that show up are the winner of that race and, <laughs> I know <laughs> um, so yeah that was super cool so I, I interviewed um Emilia and I I think as I was waiting for the flower ceremony for that race I also talked to uh, Philip Horn from the German mm-hmm, team mm-hmm. Uh, super nice guy he he won the I think the first sprint of the weekend he did yeah yep um so that was really cool and then uh as I also posted there was uh so this team of two Mexicans who um live in Austria work a little bit with the development team of the uh, Austrian Biathlon uh, Federation and are they started their own federation and uh, or Biathlon Federation for Mexico and they take turns who coaches and who's racing oh. and um, you know obviously they're, they're, they weren't necessarily in the top 10 but it was it was just amazing to see these guys who three years ago had never skied on snow and are now participating in the IBU Cup. So I was I was very lucky that um, 
you know, I posted a couple things about being uh, one of their biggest fans right off the bat because, you know, they're Mexicans already have, you know, uh, yeah. a visual appearance that is not typical for <laughs> biathlon. And then they're both rocking the, the mustache and the long hair and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 they just stand out and, and they were just <laughs> very happy, very, you know, positive. And Did so you I, pictures I was, of their of their kit. Um, I, I probably have somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Cause although you know. there's, I think the Lithuanian team have yeah. the best kit. Um, oh, do they? They have like this dark green with the, with the sort of a print on it. But anyway, so I, I talked to the, to the guys and, uh, I was like, Oh, do you guys have time the next time I'm here to do a quick interview? I'd like to hear more about your story. And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. And then at the end of the day, I go into the lodge and they're just standing there and I'm like, Hey, you know, what are you doing here? And, uh, they're like, yeah, we're waiting for the bus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, well, do you want to do a quick interview now? And they're like, yeah. As long as you know that is if the when the bus shows up we're running out because we don't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's all good. So you know we did about a ten minute interview and, and listen to their story. Would you mind just introducing yourselves to me? Mm-hmm. So start with you, Chris. I'm Christopher Gomez, uh, raised and born in Puebla, Mexico, and I'm a, a representing Mexico in biathlon. I'm uh, Raúl Antonio Figueroa. Uh, also born and raised in Mexico, uh, representing biathlon. I represent Mexico in biathlon. <laughs> representing biathlon in Mexico. <laughs> you were saying uh, earlier on the track that you kind of started the, the biathlon federation, I guess, for, for Mexico? Um, sure. So there was not really a federation before. So we uh, founded the federation three years ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. Uh, so we registered to the Mexican Olympic Committee and to the IBU. And we got officially accepted in 2020. And, w- and what brought you to do that? Like, wh- did you always like watching biathlon or? To be honest, it's rather a funny story. We, to be honest, we had no idea what biathlon was. Okay. Um, we both live in Austria. And we were in one of these fairs uh, where the, you know, in Austria they have this tradition when the cows come down for the winter. Yeah. They make a fest uh, where, you know, there is beer, there is a lot of uh, games. And Raul and I were there shooting, you know, to win a teddy bear. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, you guys actually are not that bad. You should start a team for bathroom for Mexico. <laughs> we had no clue what it was. And then, you know, Raul started to look like, hey, what's this? And he started to, to convince me, let's start, and this and that. We never thought it would go that far, but right. that's how it started, actually. That is awesome. And yeah. then, uh, and so you never skied before, or had you Absolutely been in, not. in snow before Austria? or? Uh, before Austria, no. Uh, it was only until, I think, at least from my side, uh, until I moved to Austria, I never really did anything that has to do with winter sports. Okay. I think even mountain sports at all. Like, Because um, I apologize, but is there, in Mexico, I know there's some hills and mountains, but there is, is there snow at any time in the year? Mm. I mean, there, I mean, there is snow, but nothing that you can do with it. Like, right. you cannot do any sports with it. Like, actually, our cities, like Mexico City, it's based on 2,300 uh, meters. High. Right, yeah, yeah. And Puebla, where I'm from, is 2,100. And you can see the volcanoes, and it's full of snow, but you can do nothing. Right. There. Actually, my first time seeing the snow at all, it was when I moved to Austria. Right. So, there I learned to snowboard, to ski a little bit, and then later on, 
We started with uh, cross-country skiing and biathlon. Yeah. And yeah. what does it feel like to, to be skiing with people like Philip Fjeld Andersen, who is on the World yes. Cup sometimes? And I mean, to be fair, at the beginning, it's like we just read the names and they meant nothing. So it was right. like, ah, oh, we're just going to look, man. It's funny. <laughs> we're going to go against this guy called John and this guy called Johannes and then this guy <laughs> called Philip. And it's like, okay, man, cool, man. Yeah. You know? But I think... It became really massive when we actually started to do it ourselves. Then we realized that we always are channeling. We, we really most we really focus on ourselves because it makes absolutely no sense if you start to race against others. Yeah. Because at the beginning we started only to learn how to even stand on the on the ski. So it wouldn't brought anything right. to have a comparison at that time. So yeah. yeah. But that being said, we always said, when we realized who these guys were, they're, they're machines, right? Yeah. We were like, man, dude, we, are, we always made a comparison. We are, we are playing football with Cristiano Ronaldo, right? <laughs> Just yeah. in biathlon. So that was pretty amazing, you know? And yeah. the support we have gotten from all of them, you know, always cheering up and always, you know, because I know we are, we are starting. Yeah. And I think the IBU has always been shown very supportive with us being happy that there is a new nation and that we're being consecutive with it, with the work we're doing. So I think, you know, you just, we feel part of it now. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing to have the opportunity to race with these guys. I mean, yeah. it's like, maybe you don't see it, but like, <laughs> uh, there has been really solid improvement every year that we've started. So even the first one, we couldn't even continue because they were like, okay, guys, you are really far away from mm. like the normal standards. But at least now, it's like, I think they see it. That's why I think everybody's so supportive because they will see like, oh man, these two dudes, they don't give a crap. Yeah. They're just here like for the for the laps and for the lulls. Uh, no, but I, I saw you working hard yesterday. Yeah. 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 It's and like, it's like really like no surrender. And like we, 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 we try to earn the, because we think that the best is like, they just treat us as equals. They don't have yeah. to be special with us. We're just looking for equality. That's it. And that's the whole propositive of doing this. As yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. And on our podcast, we've talked a lot about what we call the biathlon family. Right. Right. And, and that's, I think you sum it up that mm. yeah. even though they're, you know, at this point they're better than you, but they're yeah. still treating you as equals and absolutely, uh, absolutely. absolutely. And I mean, uh, teams as for, for us, one of our pillars is Austria, right? The, yeah. the Austrian team. Yeah. They help us with this. Like, Chris's skis are the same prepared as their own athletes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the caliber of So they work like, for you guys? Yeah. They do oh, their services. Cool. And yeah. we, uh, the, the person who taught us biathlon is also in Austria, and we train with the kids and so on. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's that's uh, a few tricks from Seminator on the shooting, or...? We, we, we train a little bit over... I mean, we train in Seffeld, and then okay. we get, you know, we get uh, the training from our... From Steve, Stevie Maya, is a, okay. he trains the, the kids. Well, they're young athletes, right? Yeah, the well, teenagers. Yeah. Uh, from a um, team in Austria. Okay. From Tirol, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tirol yeah. Team. yeah. So that's what we learned the most, right, with these guys. But uh, you know what? We, I think, you know, when you mentioned the family, the IBU family, we love, you know, support. And also, we've been told very often, you know, the, the sports need some refreshment. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're happy also to bring that, right? Oh, that's awesome. We also take it with a good attitude, you know, and that's very important. We know, like Rose mentioned before, we come here to do our own race, and we know we're getting better every time, and we focus on that, you know? Yeah. Continue to improve, and hopefully, with this also to inspire other people, you know? Yeah. Other Mexicans that come in here, so this is just the beginning. Oh, it's, you know? it's, it's awesome. I, I was watching the race two days ago, and I, 
I was like, oh, there's someone from Mexico. That's yeah. awesome. You super know, nice. it's, uh, yeah, super nice. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 really good to hear that uh, you know you get support from from other countries because you you said you were switching who races and who coaches right. between the two of you. And uh, do you ever get like coaching support with zeroing and that kind of thing from from other nations? Or? I mean, we uh, we learn at the best. <laughs> Practices from Stevie's, so we can like kind of like be self-sufficient. Yeah. But I must admit, like, because we are full-time employees, right? Uh, and also we have our own. Uh, we had our life, let's yeah. put it like that. Yeah. And then biathlon came in, yeah. so we just squeezed biathlon in the empty slots that we had between, yeah. like, I don't know, family, friends, no, taking, work, it's taking over, or even now it's taking over. Yeah. <laughs> so having said that, we kind of always be supporting each other in every single race because right. we not only run Ibu Cups we run Alpen Cups we run these races we, right, right. we are too far behind to let go opportunities we yeah. race everything yeah. doesn't matter yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah that's where other, other federations doesn't matter which one Hungary Belgium uh, UK oh, it's Sweden. many yeah. many they help us in every single scenario yeah. Yeah. every single oh, scenario just this week we had a problem with my rifle for example yeah. and the Swedish one of the Swedish coaches came in and Christoph and he was like I can help you guys I can check out your rifle and he actually took it was a bit loose he fixed Problem it solved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, because we, we we had an idea what was going on but we were not sure so yeah without all the support from all of these guys it would be even tougher well, that's great yeah. to hear yeah. 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 yeah, I'm a biathlete myself too but I just cool. do uh, you know old folks on uh, on Monday nights here no okay. worries, camera, no worries. I, think, I think we will be it, it will it, be a legit <laughs> competition yeah. like, it's, really uh, legit it's really great even at that level you see that everybody's yeah. trying to help everybody yeah, when something wrong with absolutely. their rifle. Yeah. So were you doing other sports in Mexico before you, you got into this adventure? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was more into, let's see, summer sports, like more like running and stuff, but I never really practiced like professionally. Okay. Or it was more like for fun, jogging. I danced a lot. Okay. Everybody, everybody, That's every, good for balance. Yeah, yeah. So. Everybody, every, every, someone asked, asked me, they kind of laughed, but in reality, that's the, the, the one I did the most, you know? My yeah. cardio and everything, I think it came from that, from dancing. Um, I did some water sports as well, Okay. but not in, uh, in uh, top level. Now you're in frozen water. Now you're in frozen yeah. water. You must have enjoyed the Trying cold. Trying to melt it with a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 25, minus 30, that how was, was that? Yeah, yeah. That was different, hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was doing, uh, I mean, my dad did a lot of endurance sports. Okay. So I did uh, triathlons. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, yeah. But I was mostly like doing surfing only. So oh, I, nice. I, was, I was only like going swimming, let's put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I love the link um, for a podcast because on Wednesday we talked to Anna Gambler. Right. And then now I'm meeting in, are you guys working with the Austrian team and then Emilien Claude just won ah, the yeah, boyfriend yeah. of well, Anna Mexico Reisa. Triangle, Mexico so, Triangle. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So. Just like joining the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, I really appreciate cool. you, pretty you cool. taking the time. No, no worries. Um, and I'm really going to follow you guys because I think it's awesome that you guys participate and put all this effort in. So thank you. Thank you very much. much. Maybe if you can help us on, because we are, we're currently recruiting. So okay. we're recruiting. We try and just to find out, that's why we race everywhere. Just to see if we can find young athletes, young talent. They don't have to be excellent in biathlon. We understand it. We can uh -huh. learn. Just 
talented youngsters that have the chances to have or have nearby a sport club, mm -hmm. then maybe we can start to work with them and start to grow the federation. That's what really we're looking forward for. All right. Well, I'll make mm -hmm. sure this gets all on the podcast. Cool. I'll send you guys a link. So Thank you so much. And then uh, maybe we'll see you guys on uh, on Tuesday again. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's good. Just great bunch of guys and then um the next day not the next day but the next day i was there i see them again so i start talking to them and i realized that they're actually standing in front of a camera with lighting and everything so they were being interviewed again uh, so you know i just like okay well you know have a good trip back and that kind of thing yeah and then i hear later that that was actually the cbc the canadian broadcasting company it's like probably <laughs> nbc for for yeah, canada yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they were doing quite a a long interview on their story, so um, we we got them first, but uh, no, they're it's, well, it's an amazing story. Exclusive, and, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, great great guys, uh, definitely worth a follow on uh, on Instagram. Absolutely, and uh, that yeah, was talk awesome. About underdogs. To talk with them, <laughs> yeah, um, and and it's funny because I also you know that's where the term mixed came in again. I I just chatted side by side with either athletes or coaches or or people from other teams and um the, i would say the general consensus i got was that they're all really applauding it that they're there and they wanna and and um claire egan talked about that as well we'll get into that but um you know we they, the ibu wants to be a biathlon world not just europe so so everybody's very supportive um they were getting support in waxing and that kind of thing um, but there was a couple of athletes that, that alluded to the fact that sometimes it's a bit hard because, you know, obviously they take more time. I think when Philip Horn won the sprint, I think he did it in maybe 25 minutes. And I think Chris, the uh, the, the racer from Mexico, was 21 minutes behind him. And mm -hmm. then yeah, at the time that he started behind Philip Horn uh, in the staggered start for the yeah. sprint and at there was a couple of athletes they're like it's really hard because you can't do anything they couldn't put the podium up because that's in the finish area and they yeah. the volunteers can't start cleaning up and but i think that's uh oh, disrespectfully a small price to pay for smaller yeah. nations participating and i think yeah. the, the the benefits are way better and uh anyway it was a great interview and um i'll uh i i hope that that you enjoy it uh when i put it in here and then um let's see who else did i talk to i got i got a little uh more comfortable approaching people so as we were watching i think tilda johansson's um yeah. ceremony when she got the the golden globe there was a couple of uh norwegian athletes just kind of watching and cheering on so i chatted with them a little bit carolina erdahl mm. and yeah. i I have a feeling she's been on the World Cup too. She or has, at least yep. yeah. she was on there earlier this year. And then yeah, I I think with her when I was talking to her was Jenny Enod. Um but Oh I'm, yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure about that anymore. Um but yeah, so I was just chatting with them and, and not so much about the race but more about, you know, what it's like to be in Camor and, you know, far from home. Sorry, can I ask you a couple questions for a podcast for Biathlon? Yeah. Okay. So I was just curious, how do you, how do you find uh, Camor and racing here? Uh, in the beginning, it was pretty cold, but um, 
When the weather got warmer, it's uh, pretty cool to race here in uh, Canada. You like the views? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the views yeah, That's quite amazing. special, eh? Yeah, it is. What do you think of the range? Is it, is it uh, pretty tough? or? Uh, I think the range is pretty tough. It's yeah. uh, you have to work hard b before the shooting, and it's uh, it has been a bit windy here this mm -hmm. uh, few weeks. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's tough here. I've struggled really hard on my it's, shooting. It's quite inconsistent too, right? Where certain areas are dead, and then yeah, other, other is, areas uh, are quite windy. It's not uh, equally across, right. uh, across the shooting range. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a tricky one. Yeah. And that, that last hill is kind of tricky too, right? Yeah. Where you come up the steep one behind yeah. and then you, you think you're almost there. but Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a really hard. Uh, when you're going to the finish line, you have to work hard all the way yeah, to yeah. the finish line. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hard track and a hard uh, shooting range. <laughs> Do you think it should be part of the IBU Cup every year? or? I think it's pretty cool that we can uh, race over here mm -hmm. only... Uh, and uh, in uh, Europe, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's good it's for biathlon uh, as a sport, I think, to yeah. have it uh, over not only in Europe, yeah, uh, yeah, so that more people can so enjoy it. It would be nice if, if they could combine it with Soldier Hollow or something yeah. like that, right? Have a double round there, yeah. we need to be here more than one week, if we yeah, because it's a lot of travel, pretty, like yeah, for you. it's pretty yeah. expensive as well for many nations, totally, yeah. and yeah. uh. And you, it's a long travel. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And time difference. Yeah, do you struggle with that or and the uh, elevation a bit? or? I, I struggle a bit with it. I yeah. wake up really early in the morning. <laughs> but uh, the others, I think, uh, handle it uh, well. Yeah. And how do you find the fact that the, the village is kind of away from here, that you can't really stay close, or is that pretty common with the other it's stadium? It's common. common, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it. That was, that was actually a funny thing that uh, Emilien said, where he struggled a bit the day before with being away, so um, I took that as being homesick. He uh, yeah. wasn't sure how to say it in English, I think, but... And it is, you know, for people that race in Europe all the time, um, it's different, right, to yeah. be far away from home. And at the same time, it, it makes me respect the Canadian and, and American athletes even more yeah, to, to be away. You know, they're probably away for, what, four or five months. I think this year they came back for Christmas, but last year I think they stayed in Europe. And that's a long time to be away from home and mm -hmm. away from family and miss Christmas and that kind of thing, so... On Friday, I did talk to Claire Egan, which was also pretty darn cool. Um, because, you know, for the fact that she wasn't an, an athlete even last year on the World Cup and, yeah. you know, with uh, quite uh, quite the record and um, the fact that she had raced in, in Canmore three, no, five seasons ago, four or five mm -hmm. seasons ago. Um, and, and I think her involvement, I think, someone like her and and i've also you know felt that with eric lesser that are on the athletes committee mm -hmm. you know they're clearly people that think beyond biathlon mm -hmm. and um so she was talking a little bit in the interview that i did with her about her role in the ibu and um having races in north america so i think that was uh that was a very interesting talk You're I started with looking up your result here in Camor from 2019, yeah. February 2019. Yep. How does it 
compare the race that you had then uh-huh. and what your experience is, is here so far? Oh, <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, I was getting over a cold and cold was kind of the key word of that event. It yeah. was like negative 22 Fahrenheit one yeah. of the days. <laughs> um, and we had to cancel one race, but I do remember that we did a short individual and I wasn't even, you know, I was on the fence about whether to start or not. And, but I was right on the edge of the master qualification mm-hmm. at that. Like, I was ranked 24th or something in the overall. Yeah. And um, so I did the short individual thinking, okay, I'll just get some points. And it's, I don't remember what happened, but I think I, I, think I shot, like, 1030 or 0031 or something. Okay, okay. I think I looked, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But in any case, I got 41st. So I didn't score any, like, top 40 score points. And so I felt like, oh my God, I went out and pushed my body through that for nothing. (laughs) Um, But then we had a good relay. I think we got eighth or some eighth in the women's relay, which was like a tie for our best. Okay, yeah. Um, So, anyways, that's what I remember about 2019. It's very different being here, like, as a, it's very different being here as a, um, as a, as a coach and a, I guess I'm a functionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very different than than here to compete, but I'm having a lot of fun um, helping our U.S. athletes. And, yeah, yeah. And also Estonian athletes, we're helping them okay. out. We're helping an Australian athlete out. So nice. Um, it's, Is that the guy that you're? Um, yeah, Australian, Australian yeah. guy Noah. Um, and the whole Estonian team doesn't have a coach here, so we've been oh, okay. filling in where we can. Nice. Um, and just to be But I saw to... you cheering on some Canadians. You oh, were up on the hill yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, mean, I, I try to cheer for everybody. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's... But um, this is... the Everybody who's here at the IBU Cup is... They're, they're in a really fun phase of their career where they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're focused on improvement and learning and getting to the next level. Yeah, and yeah. there's a kind of excitement and passion there that's... Um, refreshing and exciting and it's it's feels good to be able to come in and actually feel like I can contribute something yeah my experience. well and it's also for them so cool that you're still so close right it's not like you raced 20 years ago yeah which yeah, is yeah. still you know it's great too but yeah um you were doing, doing the same year, thing like yeah, yeah so it's that's yeah. pretty amazing. And then, uh, so what's your role exactly for the IBU? Is it, so I-, I am the chair of the IBU Athletes Committee. Okay. And yeah. in that role, I serve also on the IBU Executive Board. Okay. So I'm technically here as the IBU Executive Board representative. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. So the, I'm giving out the awards, um, you know, trying to connect with people from the organizing committee and make sure we know what what they need and what right, their questions nice. are. Um, so I'm here as an IBU representative, board okay. representative. Yeah. Um, but because I have time when I'm not giving out awards. Um, I've And the assistant coach who was planned for the US team got sick right oh, before. No, yeah, yeah. So um, it's actually been really good that I was here so I could help with US coach. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's been, mm-hmm. you know, so I wasn't planning on having a trial round at coaching the, at yeah. these events, but I'm getting it and it's been fun. Nice. Yeah. And I, we were talking on the podcast before. So typically when you're on the committee, the athletes committee, mm-hmm. you have to leave after you retire or um, a season no, after or something? Our, um, our, I guess it's in our terms of reference and IBU constitution is set up such that you have to be active in the year of the election. Oh, okay. So I was active last year in the yep. year of the election, and so I can serve my term. Okay. And it's a four-year term. I'm planning to not serve out the full four years, but that's a long story. Um, but 
basically we would not, we won't, it means that the farthest away from competition anyone would be is three years, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but right now the other three are active. And so I think that's a, it's actually a good balance to have one person that is not and three that are because, yeah. because it is a lot of travel and work that, um, like when I was an active athlete and I was doing this job, which I was from yeah. 2018 to 22, um, it just means I had to attend a lot of meetings virtually, right. for example, that now I can, I mean, I have to fly to Europe, but yeah, yeah. I can do more in person. Um, so, and, and we still have like boots on the ground with. Right. Johannes Kuhn and Ingrid Thunderbolt and Sebastian Samuelson. Yeah. So but it's also cool that I'm here. Cool like, yeah, yeah. It's unusual that we have someone at an IBU Cup, so I've taken this opportunity to say, hey, IBU Cup athletes, like, yeah, yeah. Come, come talk to me at a meal or whatever and yeah. let me know. And, and a couple of people have taken advantage of that, so. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to take much more of your time. Oh, but whatever. I was, I was just um, curious, like, we had some discussions on Twitter and stuff about, you know, there's IBU Cup here. Yep. Two weeks in a row, but not in the U.S. Yep. Um, how do you... And there's some uh, people were saying, well, a sprint normally has 100 people. It was only 57 or something like that. Yeah. Like, how do you feel... Is it good to have it over here, or is it kind of problematic with the cost of traveling and that kind of thing? Or? So I think it's really important because biathlon is this. This isn't the European biathlon union. This is an international biathlon yeah. union, and our vision is we are the global biathlon family. So we're trying to grow the sport. It's right. good for it is good for everyone, Europeans included, if the sport is popular mm-hmm. out, elsewhere outside of Europe. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. You know, yeah. like we want to be growing, and. Um, the IBU heavily supports financially mm-hmm. the national federations at every event, but they are they receive extra funding when they go overseas. Okay. So for this IBU Cup event, the athlete for every athlete that's here, the national federation is given I think it's like 980 euros okay. per week. Yeah. Plus they get a third contribution for this international travel. Oh, wow. So they're a a significant portion of each athlete's costs are covered Mm -hmm. um, by the IBU. Um, And so... And is that from, like, the fund that the bigger nations pay more money? No, that, I mean, all of that comes from... I mean, basically, IBU takes in income from marketing and TV rights, which is, you know, World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although we're trying to grow our live stream on the IBU Cup. Um, but all of that income is, you know, some of it is used obviously for like race event management and administrative mm-hmm, costs, mm-hmm. but mo- like huge, large majority of it goes out to national federations, organizing committees and athlete prize money. Right. Right. Okay. And so a big part of that is these participation contributions. So right. I, when I, I'm, I am frustrated by the low numbers here. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that it's financial, it's very hard for me as an American athlete to be sympathetic. Yeah. And because and, and because I know travel, and right? because I know that yeah. the IBU does contribute a sig- very significant yeah, amount yeah. um to to the participation here. So, um you know, it's two weeks of races, it's the final. Um it's not mm-hmm. like they got to go back to Europe and perform next week at at the final. Like this is the final. Yeah, so, yeah. um You know, the World Cup finals are here next year. This is a great opportunity. This These weeks were a really good opportunity for the teams to come and 
get to know the course, yeah. um, whether it's staff, athletes. I mean, some of them might be at the World Cup next year. If not, they can pass that information on to their teammates. And yeah. so um, I think the people who are here will definitely benefit and their teams will benefit from well, the wax text here. And, yeah. For sure, the wax yeah. text. I mean, so... Um, and it's an awesome place. It's an awesome course. Oh, totally, yeah. They do a great job putting on events. And I mean, I'm happy to be here. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a pretty uh, clear statement for me. Like, I'm happy we're here, and I think it's important that we that we do come to North America to go to Asia. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we don't want our sport to to shrink be European, and be yeah, yeah. and be you know three three countries on yeah. the podium like. Yeah, I was talking to some guys from, from Mexico earlier in the week and you know, yeah. they were saying how they're training with Austria mm -hmm. and being supported by other nations. So mm -hmm. it's 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 there. You can see it yeah. Like, oh, yeah. happening. And, even, and a lot of countries did come here, but yeah. just some of them didn't. Yeah. But, uh, and, and do you foresee anything like happening here and then in combination with like Soldier Hollow or something like that? Well, or? so next season, mm -hmm. um, the World Cup will do... World Cup 8 in Soldier Hollow and then World Cup 9 the finals right. here in Camor. Right. So that's a World Cup already next winter. Um, um, what else is happening? I think there's in North America I believe there's two weeks in a row in Lake Placid in either 25 or 26. Okay. Um, they just yeah. got that bid having had now the university games in January of this year. Like right. Placid has a brand new venue and they have an A license for hosting those kind of international events. So they just got an IV Cup. So we do have something on the schedule nice. um, yeah. going forward and we hope that North American um, venues will continue to bid for yeah. big events, yeah. world champs, Olympics, things like that. Well, and even in, uh, they had a Fiski oh, in yeah. and uh, there's the, Montreal, well, right? Or Quebec City. Well, and uh, FIS is, so next winter mm -hmm. also, FIS is coming here. Like, right. there's a FIS World Cup, so cross-country ski World Cup, and a Bathlon World Cup here in Kenmore right, next year. Right. Like, it was a huge year, huge year for Kenmore yeah. next year, and that's why they're putting well, yeah. 20, $20 million worth of investment yeah, from totally. the region. Yeah. So it's it's a great venue, and it's going to be even better. Yeah. Excited to see what, what that's going to look yeah. like. Hopefully you have some warm room for Monday nights <laughs> for biathlon for the yeah, amateurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for your time. I You're really welcome. Thanks that. for being a big and, uh, fan and all yeah, the yeah. like yeah, we're interesting just trying to... stats and analysis you do. I appreciate. Yeah. She was she was there in multiple capacities, right? I mean, she was there obviously as a, a you know with her with her role with the IBU, but I think she also posted on Instagram that she was helping with. I can't remember if it was. I think it was Estonians. Uh, that was that was the team that came to mind too. Was the Estonians helping them with their? With, was it like coaching, doing their? She had, she had a picture of them doing zeroing. Um, so I don't know exactly what her role was, but um, it's kind of well, cool. I, I know it's hard, especially smaller teams that only have one coach, right? So if yeah. they have yeah. athletes kind of spread out and having anybody who knows what they're doing, just being able to just help out with a scope and just tell them, yeah. you know, how how they need to adjust for the wind and that kind of thing is. And, and you know, we're not talking about some no, it's crazy not like, it's not like amateur who's just like, well, I guess maybe try a few clicks to the left or something. You know, this is a World Cup veteran who uh, yeah. who knows what she's talking about. But yeah, I, at some point I saw her along the track as well. And I noticed not just with her, but many coaches are, you know, obviously they're they're providing information for their athletes when they come by, but they're cheering on pretty much all the other ones as well. And mm -hmm. um it, yeah, well, it's it's really fun to watch, and uh, again, it's 
starting to sound like a broken record, but this this whole concept of the biathlon family is is very uh, prominent. It's, it's very visible, um, and and many other like I I parked at uh, press parking, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's all those uh, cabins or containers where they do the waxing and stuff, and I could totally see like different nations walking in and out and. It's pretty pretty cool yeah. to see that side as well. But I'll yeah, say one thing about biathletes. They're wild peers because <laughs> there was plenty of porta potties close to that area, yet every time I went to go get something for my car, there's like one or two peeing all over the bush somewhere and it's like, <laughs> My God, guys, there's like toilets right there. Do you really you know <laughs> just, just let it fly. Well, and the funny thing is like I know having grown up in Europe, you know, when I was a student or whatever, and I would go out and I needed to pee, I would just get off my bike and find a tree and pee. Yeah. Where in North America, that's not done, right? Like you can get ticketed and arrested for that. So it's a bit of a different mindset. But yeah, they were peeing all over the place. So it reminds me of the, uh, you know, you watch like cycling and they have like the. Right. Yeah. Everyone just pulls over. Um, or yeah. while they're biking. <laughs> or that too. <laughs> Don't get too close. Yeah. Well, I also, I've already said I'm incredibly jealous um, of, of mm. everything you got to do and the people you got to talk to. But also because it was sort of like a – it was it was an amazing event. And in my mind, it was also sort of like prep for next year. So like you're, you're going oh, yeah, to totally. know how everything works and kind of hit the ground running and make us not look like total buffoons, you know, trying to like bumbling our way around and like – Yeah, no, it was so well organized and, and – yeah. um, so the unfortunate thing is there basically where the finish was there used to be a building that was there Mm -hmm. from the Olympics still with it wasn't so much for spectators like there were stands Mm -hmm. um, but you couldn't go inside as a spectator that was more for like judges and doping control and that kind of thing Um, but they're building this 20 million dollar building with a VIP lounge and Mm -hmm. who knows what and I think that has mostly to do with that they also want to use it for weddings and that kind of thing yeah, it's going to be, I, I'm i assuming it's the plan that it's ready for the World Cup. But, you know, construction in Canada has a, has a bit of a risk factor. If it's minus 30, the concrete doesn't set quite the same as uh, on a sunny day. So, so they better get uh, going in, in May if they want to have Oh, it's all. it's going. Oh, is no, it? No, it's going. Oh, yeah. The, okay. During the, the IBU Cup, there were, you could see construction workers going around. And they're a tough crowd, the uh, Canadian construction workers, because... I remember in Holland, I think it's if it's below minus six Celsius, by law you're not uh, supposed to work outside in construction. Yeah, I think in Florida, if it's below six Celsius above, you're not allowed to work outside. <laughs> they they don't do anything. If yeah, it's, it if doesn't it's happen close very to often. Freezing. Yeah, you just they're not they're not out there. But yeah, these guys are you know they're out there minus twenty five, minus thirty, and <sighs> some of them barehanded fiddling around with some bolts and nuts and god knows what but uh i wasn't i wasn't even i don't know if i just couldn't see it on the i just wasn't paying attention to it when i was watching on the yeah i think it helped that it was sort of covered in snow most of it yeah um and and that was actually another thing that um i was really happy that we were actually in a snowy environment it's amazing what they did in nova mesto that they had like Mm -hmm. what three feet of snow to ski on like Mm -hmm. deep but nowhere else nowhere else and and that was nice in in camera is just like they have a really solid base from snow from last year and then they just have natural snow coming up and mm-hmm. and that was the other mix right where you know there was days where it was minus 30 they 
when they yeah. started the IBU Cup, they had to reschedule a couple of things because it was just too cold. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a dry cold, but um, right, minus thirty, one, is minus thirty. One thing I talked to uh, a couple people around the track was like, feels like temperature here means a lot more than just a sort of a yeah. random idea of what it feels like. Because actually, the Friday, I think it was only minus. Well, at the scoreboard, at some point, it said it was minus one point three, and it felt yeah. so cold. Yeah. Just the, the cold wind that came in. And anyway. Oh, yeah. One other fun thing was I was sitting in the press room waiting for the, the winners to come. The press room. How awesome is that? There was like a serious, like a big press room. And then there's two guys on laptops. I think they were both photographers and just doing their thing or maybe writing an article. And I'm just sitting there and waiting. And I'm like, do they come here after the race or do they go somewhere else? And they're like, no, no. In the IBU Cup, they just do the flower ceremony and... And they, they ask a few questions right on the site, and that's it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's great to know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you learn, right? But um, well, how much yeah, other, was, I mean, obviously the CBC was there interviewing the Mexican biathletes, but how much other press was there? Um, you know what? I think other than the IBU people themselves who did mm-hmm. uh, the questions after the race yeah, and a couple of photographers of which at least some were Canadian or uh, I think American, at least North American. I, I don't actually recall seeing many press. Like I don't, okay. I, so, so I, I don't want to say I was the only one, but I, I definitely was one of the few who was just trying to interview athletes. Like it was funny cause I, I stopped at the Canadian girls i think four of them were just mm-hmm. kind of cooling down and i was like can i ask you a question for the podcast <laughs> and they're like oh how long is that going to take like they were like <laughs> caught off guard they were definitely not prepared for a question like that but uh they they were great they did uh, uh rousseau uh i think she came in 11th she mm-hmm. almost made the top 10 on like point one of a second but uh, she had a she had an awesome yeah. race yeah so i had an interview with dan you're you have time to just do a quick check-in for a podcast. Uh, how long? Oh, just like two like minutes. Five hours uh, it is, probably. <laughs> sure. How did it go today? Uh, it yeah. was very yeah. good. I had the race of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your second fastest ski time? Yeah, uh, yeah. not time of day. Oh, no, no, no. Second fastest I mean, time of day. I mean, so. Okay. Yeah, she yeah. climbed up all the way from 27th into 11th, yeah. and she just missed top 10 by, by 0.1 of a second. Yeah, that's yeah, it's unfortunate. But and it was the first time still an amazing race, and one of two athletes who were clean. Clean, and my yeah. first ever time cleaning a 20 shot yeah. race. Do you practice here in camera mostly? No, or? I do not. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am in Ottawa in a little range in the bush. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We still got pole targets. Pole targets, yeah. Pole Ropes. targets. Yeah, yeah. We don't have these fancy mechanical In the end, it's the same ones, right? How did you guys do today? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I got I got last today. James oh, had a yeah. really good last standing. Yeah, uh, good last effort, good last. but it just didn't go together, like come together in the end. Mm. But oh, well. still, yeah. I'm not, I'm not good mad about the performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very How good experience. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's uh, at least 
over 18, minus 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. We got very lucky with the weather. Yeah. And the skis were awesome, I'm skis assuming. Skis were rocking. Yeah. yeah. The skis oh, were great. great. Our wax techs have been absolutely killing it while we've been here. They've been giving us some amazing skis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, great race all today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. I'll have two more stories. So I'm sitting in the lounge waiting for my wife. And obviously, I have the the sticker of the penalty loop podcast on my on my jacket, mm-hmm. and then you know there's just a lady sitting with uh, I think an athlete Canadian athlete and and another person and and I hear her say, "Oh, I think that's the guy from the from the penalty loop podcast so I don't know. I just started chatting. you see I, I can do it um, <laughs> but then so that was Zach Connolly, and um oh. He he had raced in in Camor, but yeah. then he was flying off to Kazakhstan, and he said he would be happy to come on uh, in the summer for a, for a chat. Excellent. So. Starts yeah. tomorrow morning. He starts at five twenty four a.m. Oh. East Coast time. So if you want to get up and watch him in uh, in, in Calgary, that's going to be three twenty four a.m. My heart's out there with them. Yep, yep. Absolutely. But, uh, I think three twenty five is just a tad too early for me. Tad too early. Yeah. No, and then the the final uh, story I I wanted to relate to you is um, so I met so I at the at the finish line and this this nice lady you know taps on my shoulder and says hey are you RJ and so we chat and this is um, Sophia and I I forgot her handle she's like Yukon Biathlon or something uh, in in the line of that and mm-hmm. yep. so she was telling the story that she was basically coming down from the Yukon with her son and I think her husband, not like not this weekend, but uh, a while back to drop off her son in Canmore with the BATC, the, the Biathlon Alberta Training Center that Matthias Ahrens runs uh, to drop off her son there. And she's like, we didn't really know much about Matthias or so, you know, kind of, there's a bit of a discomfort, right? Like, who are you leaving your son with? And mm-hmm. they're still pretty young. And then she's like, so on the way there, we actually listened to your podcast where you interview Matthias. And she said, after that, listening to that, I felt so much more comfortable. And I felt like, what a nice person. And I, I you know, I, everything's going to be okay. And that was just so cool to hear that, you know, yes. I mean, having so, even a tiny teeny bit of impact on somebody's life to make them more comfortable with the situation just made me yeah. feel very very good so and yeah you told me that story and then she actually independently she she contacted me her handle by the way on on twitter is wild yukon swimmer and then on instagram it's like yukon biathlon or something like that but right. she um uh yeah so you told me that story and then she she told she she uh a little bit later she told me the same thing and and i i agree 100 percent. i was like even if even if that's like the only thing that this podcast ever accomplished like mm-hmm. it's totally worth it right it's just it's yeah. really 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 cool that that happened and, and honestly like i yeah I, I as as a parent now and obviously ben is two um I just I understand. In Norway, it would have been on skis already, hey? You know that. You're not kidding. He's falling um, behind. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, 
I totally I understand that fear, right? You just want to make yeah. sure your kid's okay. You want to make sure that oh, yeah. everything's going to be okay. And um and and for so much of your life, you're able to protect them. But you know, when you're sending them off on something like this, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be there. You want to make sure it's okay. And being able to to provide that reassurance. And, and I have not. Met, you have met Matthias. I have not. But just that time we spent with him was like he was just the greatest guy. So much so, I, and my dad, like, that's the one person of everybody we've talked to, that's the one guy that he wants to talk to is Matthias. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly, and I don't say this to, uh, you know, get favors or anything, but I, I couldn't think of anybody else who I would leave my children with yeah. that I don't know personally than, than Matthias. Because, yeah, the, the way we interviewed him, he's like <laughs> that when you is. meet him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. Uh, it's a really neat story, and and I'm really glad that you guys were able to connect uh, mm-hmm. when you were there. So, yeah, it was awesome that she that she connected with me. So I, I really appreciated that she that she came over and said hi, and um, that that was a really cool experience. Yes, absolutely. So, was there anything you saw or heard, or um, either from me or in the stream that you're like, that's the one thing that I just was when you yeah. had Amelia and Claude in your car. I mean, that's just like a, a <laughs> yeah. total like bananas moment. But the I, irony is, if you would have been there, he would it, not have been there. I I, I realize, yeah. But so just, you made that happen. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, my sacrifice. <laughs> um, it just, I, I think all of it, just, just the way you, when you were <laughs> texting me the first day you were there and how you said that you just kept like <laughs> being able to get closer and closer to athletes and nobody was stopping you. Um, <laughs> like... I, I I would I very much have enjoyed being there for for that just to be able to be that close and uh, to you'd hear. still be chatting with them. I yeah, they'd probably be like, "Hey man, I got I got a plane to catch." You know, <laughs> like, would you would you just <laughs> let me go? Like, yeah. <laughs> like they'll be telling all their friends, like, "So I met this weird Floridian. Like, he wouldn't shut up." Like, <laughs> is that the way all so Americans are? At some point, I see this email go on. Um, I think from the organizing committee. <laughs> I don't know why I was on that list, but anyway, it basically said, or maybe it was a post, whatever. Um, it said that after the last race, that they would have a a party at at a at a place yeah. in Canmore, and I like instantly like that it was this mixture of I is. was thinking, yeah, I wouldn't go there. I don't like that. And then I'm and I already see you stand there like chatting <laughs> with people and yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you'd have that. to like drag me out of there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, we actually but, uh, we have to go. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you, missed, you missed your plane six hours ago. <laughs> yeah. I actually have not heard the interviews yet, so um, I, I uh, that's a lie. I I listened to Claire Egan, but I haven't heard the rest of them yet. So I will be hearing them for the first time with everybody else um, when this podcast comes out in uh, in a few days. Uh-huh. Um, so so we are not going to talk about the junior world championships until after they are totally completed i think they've only had right. like three races at this point so we'll wait until until afterwards to to connect but there are yeah, a lot i of... need to watch that those videos because that's like yeah. pretty much the middle of the night so yeah um a lot of a lot of names that people recognize um and and a lot that you won't I, it's actually it's a it's a pretty cool event i'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to to seeing how some of these uh, some of these athletes do, but real no, quick, real quick yeah. before we wrap yeah. up, uh, uh, Tilda uh, Johansson, did people know on site when she crossed the finish line that she had won? Because with two points, I mean that's a that's a pretty tight calculation. No, because I took a picture of of um, Tilda 
when she was sitting there and there was another Swedish athlete sitting there and it's not like they were overly mm. joyed or whatever. And yes, then at some point I just know. heard some, some yelling and screaming and then, then I definitely saw some smiling faces on the Swedish teams and um, I was able to take a few quick snaps of uh, their whole team picture where I'm assuming Tilda was on the shoulders of other athletes and so yeah I, 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 I don't I didn't get the impression that they uh, knew very well what was going on yeah it's a pretty cool I mean pretty cool she she had to overcome COVID and, and I know she wasn't feeling well when she got there so um, uh, very neat that she was she, she really gave it everything and it took absolutely everything to get to get that to get that. Uh, uh, quite frankly I wasn't really clear that that one was the decider for the for the cup mm, okay. um yeah that you could definitely feel the buzz all of a sudden when i guess they figured out that she had won so that was uh that was pretty cool and then uh a trivia question for you mm-hmm. for the men uh in the ibu cup how many out of the top five did norway have i'm tempted to say five but um i don't like i think the only reason why they don't have five if they don't is that I would say most of them were not racing all the races in the IBU Cup because they were on the World Cup <laughs> yeah, if so that makes it yeah they had they actually it, they had four of the top five and then they had number six as well so Lucas wow. Fratcher uh, was the the one guy who came in oh, okay so do you know who won for the men uh, yeah uh, U- uh, Uldal no, it was uh, it was Stromsheim. Oh, okay. So he he won the globe while he was <laughs> in Nova Mesto. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe Uldal won uh, like won a, a race. yeah, a, a, but maybe he won the like the Mastart oh, Cup or okay. globe or yeah. sprint globe or pursuit globe, whatever. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw him get a globe as well. But uh, anyway, let's hope I'm, next I'm time everything works out. And incredibly jealous. It was an amazing time. I can't wait to hear all the interviews. Uh, and I don't envy you actually having to put this podcast together because it's going to be a little bit of work. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and um, I guess our next one will be after Ustersund. Absolutely. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye.